Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Britain and France may be nearing a deal on migrant crossings. Western powers had a big plan to fund South Africa's shift away from coal, but no one really seems to be fired up about it. Plus, we'll look at Elon Musk's overhaul of Twitter and the concerns that it raises in the lead up to today's crucial U.S. midterm elections. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Voters head to the polls today to vote in the U.S. midterms, yet just days before this crucial election, Twitter, where a lot of election talk happens, has fired half of its staff. That includes 15% of Twitter's trust and safety team. Those are the people that screen hate speech and misinformation. Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, made these cuts as part of an overhaul of the company. The FT's Hannah Murphy has more. I mean, the concerns are obvious. You, you've got a loss of manpower in an area, it's content moderation, that is incredibly important um, when it comes to you know, keeping track of potential misinformation, disinformation around the elections. Um, now, Elon Musk has come out and said that he is not changing content moderation policies, at least not yet. We know that longer term, he wants to peel back permanent bans and allow anyone who's previously been banned back onto the platform. We know that he wants to allow pretty much all speech. He's described himself as a free speech absolutist. But for now, he's saying he's putting that on hold. And yet at the same time, we're obviously seeing this big reduction in staff numbers who are used to, you know, oversee and make sure the platform is as healthy as possible. There's also concern around Musk's plan to revamp Twitter's blue tick user verification system. Now, currently, that is limited to people who are verified as sort of celebrities, journalists, politicians, high profile figures. Musk is going to allow anyone to be able to essentially pay for this blue check mark. There are fears that bad actors maybe nation states such as Russia or China could buy up accounts and impersonate people and pretend to be people who they are not. There's big questions about whether Twitter will sort of verify your identity properly and ensure you're authentic in any way. Um, And if not, you know, impersonation is a big risk. And high-profile cybersecurity experts have been voicing their concern in the run-up to the election. We had Chris Krebs, who's the former director of uh, CISA, U.S. cybersecurity agency, coming out and saying, you know, to switch up Twitter Blue so close to an election is a major risk, given Twitter is such a critical source of information. Musk, in turn, has come out and said, you know, we're going to ban any handles engaging in impersonation unless they make clear that they're a parody. So he's already feeling the heat and feeling he has to respond to that. That's the FT's tech correspondent, Hannah Murphy. Heads up that our political journalists will be discussing the U.S. election results later this week. On Thursday, November 10th, join an exclusive webinar for FT subscribers. It'll feature our Swamp Notes columnists Ed Luce and Rana Faruhar, also our D.C. bureau chief, James Politi, and veteran political commentator, Norm Ornstein. We'll have a link in the show notes where you can register.
The UK and France are nearing a deal to resolve the contentious issue of migrant crossings. 10,000 more migrants have crossed the English Channel this year in boats from France compared to last year. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak met with French President Emmanuel Macron at the COP27 UN climate conference in Egypt. Sunak said a deal was in the final stages. Migrant crossings have been a thorny political issue for the past several UK prime ministers. Any agreement is likely to include more UK payments to France. An ongoing conversation at COP conferences is how wealthy countries will help poorer countries bear the brunt of climate change. At last year's climate conference, COP26, the EU, the UK, and the US pledged $8.5 billion to help South Africa shift away from coal. But it hasn't exactly taken off. To see what's happening, the FT's David Pilling went to South Africa recently. He joins me now. Hi, David. Hi, Mark. So for context, South Africa was chosen because it's one of the most coal-dependent countries in the world. And, and David, you just visited one of the country's oldest coal power stations, a 60-year-old plant which just shut down. What did you find there? Well, there are only about 190 workers in the plant and all have been offered jobs by ESCOM, which is the big state utility. I think of more concern is what happens to the entire coal industry as more plants are closed down because... There are about 15 huge plants pumping out power in South Africa, and there's a plan to close these all down one by one until 2035. Now, the problem is that in Mpumalanga, which is a big province near Johannesburg in the east of South Africa, about 100,000 people are employed in the mining industry, many more than that if you count ancillary industries. This is also one of the businesses that is majority black-owned, during apartheid, black people were routinely, systematically shut out of uh, economic activity. Now you have an industry from which many black people benefit that is about to be shut down in the name of the fight against uh, global climate change. So it's hugely politically sensitive. So that's an idea of the challenges that South Africa faces in moving away from coal. I want to point out that South Africa isn't very happy with the fact that 330 million of this 8.5 billion is in grant money. The rest of it is actually in loans. Uh, So South Africa is worried that it's only gonna add to its debt. I guess, David, does South Africa have a point or is there an argument for all these loans? So if you think that the North really ought to be helping the South to move more quickly, then yes, you could argue that grant money is pretty paltry. To put the other side of the story, that's $8.5 billion that can unlock an awful lot more money because once investors see that there's money flowing into various things like decommissioning power stations or building solar power or building transmission lines, then the idea is they'll be much more comfortable about investing money themselves and that this money will catalyze a huge amount of money that will help South Africa transition much more quickly. You mentioned in your reporting that this pledge is being held up as a a possible model for wealthier countries to help coal-dependent countries like Indonesia and Vietnam and and get them to shift to greener energies. Can you see this working based on, on what you found in South Africa? I think the negotiations have been quite fractious. The finance minister told us in an interview that he was not sure that this would be a template for 
Indonesia and Vietnam that there needs to be a bigger grant element. South Africans are also saying this is an initial payment. That was the wording in the COP26 announcement. And the South Africans are making a big deal of this. This is your down payment. This is the first money. And uh, there needs to be an awful lot more. So I think uh, this is very much the start of a process. I think there is a start. It is catalyzing something in South Africa. But there is a big slip between cup and lip. And we'll have to see whether this really does accelerate the transition. David Pilling is the FT's Africa editor. Thanks, David. Not at all. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.